Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. It's great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Very good. And, uh, you know, I think the people who have uh, harassed the world and us and, and everything going on, those people who promoted the fear-mongering over COVID, uh, I think they uh, are sensing that maybe they're losing a little bit of steam. And I do, too. I think so. there's a shift in sentiment, and there's more rallies now saying enough is enough. And they're starting to resist all the nonsense. But there's still a lot of people out there, and it's there, and it's going to persist because, you know, dealing with a cold virus is a serious thing to do. And this uh, cold virus might even change. There may be another cold virus next year. And uh, they haven't discovered that, vi that vaccines aren't very good for cold viruses, but uh, they're going to pursue that. But they're also laying plans because they have to have <clears throat> something to stir up fear among the people, keep the people scared in order to roll over and do what the government tells them. So whether it's economics or foreign policy or whatever, or whether it's the weather changing, uh, the people have to be frightened in order for them to say, yeah, I know it. I want to be a free person. I want to make own, my own decisions. But there is a limit. So uh, there's a time well, you just have to have the government take care of us. And, of course, that's what they did uh, a year and a half ago when COVID came and all the propaganda and the fear monitoring occurred. And uh, that's, that's been going on. But I think uh, those who orchestrated that are realizing that uh, their scenario is, is weakening. They're a hard time selling this and they're losing a little steam. But they have to have somebody and something to stir up trouble and stir up the fear among the people. And uh, it looks like what they're going to use is climate changes that, uh, and it, the need to have climate control. And lo and behold, it's been written by uh, people like Bill Gates that actually mentions these kind of things. And there's people who are involved. I mean, there's trillions and trillions of dollars being invested in the markets, directed, emphasizing the difference between a company that recognizes this and will obey the government, you know, on lockdowns and whatever, and the people who resist. But it's very ingrained in business. So this is coming right now. And uh, they've already started. Uh, they just, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> they also, they, they discovered that, uh, you know, paying attention to tropical storms is very important. So uh, the naming of storms has been around for a long time, but they decided a year or so ago that uh, they should name more storms. Even if it's marginal, even if it's borderline, it's a storm, it's a major storm. So guess what? There were more major storms listed yeah, last year and this year than ever before, and indicating, you know, climate changes are occurring and you better toe the line. And Bill Gates says so because it's getting bad. So this... This is an issue that's coming. I think it's going to be uh, an equal aggression against us as it was against uh, on the issue of COVID. But maybe, maybe if those who learned the lesson over COVID might wake up. But under, but unfortunately, you know, the people who use the environment as a weapon uh, are a long way off 
from uh, just they are a long way off from, uh, you know, how markets and freedom and free enterprise and property rights solves the problems of uh, potential pandemics. In the same way with weather problems and with uh, environmental problems, you know, it, it isn't that they can't be taken care of. It's just that the government can't do it. And government is a, is a culprit. They've created some of these problems. I mean, pollution and everything else. And yet people uh, just have been conditioned to go to the government. The government's going to take care of them. We have a problem. Send me money. And it works for a while. And people then get addicted. And they say, well, I don't have enough. So keep taking care of me. So it's a real challenge. And I think that right now uh, we, we have a, a real challenge to us to help people understand what's going on but there certainly is a shift in attitude but the principle of having somebody to fear to stir up fear among the people so that the people say i need the government to take care of us i think that still exists chris yes dr paul and americans should be prepared for an onslaught of climate uh, propaganda we're already used to it by now but you know i've read many times that the largest polluter on the planet is the U.S. government via the military. And, you know, a lot of people get hung up on this. No, it's China or it's XYZ or somebody else. It, that's not the point. Point is the U.S. government is amongst the biggest polluters in all the world. And yet it is us, the individual people, who have to stop using plastic bags, use paper straws that fall apart in your drink, you have to root through your trash and separate it into nice little piles of garbage. You can't have kids. You have to eat fake meat. You can't drive. All this stuff is on us, even though they're the ones that are the biggest polluters. So they pollute, and we're supposed to be micromanaged. So anybody who's thinking through this, like COVID, will realize this is all about control. And they have no intention of not being the biggest polluters. There's no intention of shutting down the empire. Uh, and bringing all the troops home. It's almost impossible to get anybody to come home. So what needs to happen is people realize this in their minds and think, you know, if you're the biggest polluters, you go fix your problems that you're, you're causing and leave us alone. We're not meant to be micromanaged. We're free people. And for any reason whatsoever, whether it's real or imaginary, nobody is supposed to micromanage our lives. Very good. And, you know, the tools that they used in frightening people over COVID has been the distortion and outright lying about the stats, uh, saying that, you know, when it first started, millions of people are going to die and we can prove it by statistics and what's happening here. Well, that didn't pan out uh, because they were gross distortion. Some people say, well, they just made a miscalculation and others say, no, they did it on purpose just to terrorize, uh, you, know, you know, the people. And, and they've, uh, they've already started doing some of that already. You know, uh, there, there's a, uh, they, they do it, you know, with the number of storms that are coming and uh, uh, supposedly what has to be done. But people, people are at a point where they're looking for to be taken care of. Now, the one thing is that during COVID, uh, we had this lockdown and we had this whole issue of wokeism, and, uh, which, is, which means and brings together corporations to do the dirty work for the government. And all of a sudden, we have the executives of the biggest corporations enforcing the lockdown rules that the government put in. 
and uh, that has caused some confusion, but they're in bed together. And, uh, and this has happened already to a large degree within this environmental uh, activity that's going on because, you know, over the years now they've had uh, investments made directed at obeying the government's rules on, on the environment and uh, it, it's a group called uh, the ESG group, which means that they come together because of the, uh, the dealing with their protecting the environment. They'll do it for social things, social reasons, and be observant of you know progressivism, and also that they would be uh, uh, dealing with the whole issue, not of government the way we talk about government messing things up, but governance that they will be part of the government to govern the people. And uh, currently, uh, that, that number of investments made based on the companies that capitulate and promise they will obey the government, no matter what they tell them to do, is over, uh, the investments have been over $17 trillion. And one, one company uh, by Larry, Larry Fink, you, you know, his company, his holding company has, uh, you, you know, $8 trillion. And they have a lot of power. They cooperate with the Federal Reserve. And anybody who disobeys, they can punish them. They can deny credit to them. They can bail out the good guys and on and on. And that is going on more so than ever, which means that they're, they're taken care of. But that's all a front. That's all a front to neutralize the people because that brings people over and say, there, that is responsible corporations. And they're doing and they're protecting the environment. Uh, the whole thing is they're, bas is they're basing it on an assumption and, and Chris has already pointed out you better not depend on the government they're the biggest polluters we have so they, they could do that and yet at the same time they uh, will, will depend uh, they will not depend on uh, you know a free market approach because uh, there's no reason in the world to think that uh, authoritarians in a big government setting uh, verging on Marxism and and socialism will take better care of property and the environment than will property ownership. Property ownership and responsibility and liability. Take, for instance, right now of the problems they're running into with uh, the, the uh, vaccines, where the companies get exempt, you know, from any liability of the vaccines. No wonder there's, there's problems and will be problems. So this exemption that they get is a big deal. The profits they make is a big deal. So it's the combination of big corporations and government that creates uh, these problems. And that's, what, that's what's going on now, and they're preparing for this. But there will be more and more stories of how great the danger is about this uh, climate change. And climates do change and weather does change and it's going to continue uh, but there's going to be a gross distortion of the dangers that are coming and because they're messing up the economy and uh, they might say well just look at the people suffering from the bad weather they don't even have a house well people don't even ha don't have houses now because of the lockdowns and all the nonsense and what the federal reserve does where people do the middle class gets wiped out but they're going to blame it on climate changes and we have to deal with that so it's just another invitation to massively expand the government's role in our lives and in the business of everybody in this country I see it as a continuation of the nonsense of a year and a half ago and they are changing directions because I think we have made inroads to the scheme that they have been working with COVID 
but uh, it's still around, but I think they're weakening it, and that's why they're going to shift their attention to, to the climate. And, they, and uh, we know how efficient the government ought to be in changing the climate. Right, Chris. Dr. Paul. You're, yes, I agree. You know, and as we've pointed out on our show, you and Daniel so well, the COVID narrative is unsustainable. It can't be sustained long term. We're already seeing college football, hundreds of thousands, hundred thousand people in a stadium. There is no mad rush to go get these vaccines uh, for the people that don't want them, regardless of these mandates. Uh, people are avoiding them. They're vaccinated or in the hospital being sick and dying of COVID. So the narrative has failed. Now, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything's going to turn back to reality. You know, the Soviet Union was finished a long time before it was actually finished. You know, so just because the narrative has failed doesn't mean, as Dr. Paul is pointing out, that they won't switch, you know, the tyranny onto something else. You know, because when a bully has you down, he's not going to just let you up. He's going to give you another kick to the stomach. And that's what they would love to do if they could get away with it. Uh, so it's prudent for us to at least expect them to try to pull this into climate tyranny. And, you know, they they probably believe that they can uh, keep climate tyranny going even longer because there will never be a time that the climate is not changing. There will never be a time, <clears throat> excuse me, where they'll say, OK, that's it. The climate is good. We won. We did it. Now you can have all your freedom back. That will never, ever happen. They would love for something if they could clamp down on this climate to keep it, uh, to make it be permanent. Now, fortunately, they have been lying for years now and people are sick of it and don't believe a word that they have to say. So that works in the favor of this not coming to pass. So it is not inevitable that we switch from COVID tyranny to climate tyranny. Very good. And they're gonna continue with their argument that uh, is falling flat uh, more so now than before, and that is uh, follow the science. Well, it's getting to be a joke, you know, on what they do. The science says, if a person is capable outside the establishment to buy medicine that is very cheap and it works better than all the vaccines that have been passed out, uh, ban those. That's what we have to do. And then if they have something that has been not fully tested, that has been brought about because they've had by the drug companies because they didn't have a liability responsibility and enforce those upon the people and punish people who won't take the vaccines because they're getting skeptical. And even just just uh, yesterday, it was that uh, there's there was a report that they set up for the CDC and uh, there was an advice. They set up an advisory panel uh, within the CDC and the advisory panel came back and had an agreement that uh, sort of a more of a limitation on uh, how much vaccines would be forced on people. It wasn't a really, really major decision. Just allowing, uh, you, you know, not pre preventing some unnecessary vaccination. So the director, Walensky, said, no way, I'm overruling it. So they set these things up and they do it. And then they say, Walensky then becomes the uh, champion of uh, science. And, and then if, if she has a question, she'll go back to her buddy uh, Fauci and they will decide what science says. So it's a farce is what it is. And it's telling lies, it's an untruth. And believe me, it fails. It's an, all this stuff, you know, it's sort of, the, 
I, I always go back to economics because there's so many untruths about that. When they say deficits don't matter, printing money doesn't matter, interest rates uh, don't exist anymore and making they, it doesn't matter, and, and there's no danger in this. You know, it, it just goes on and on. But it's based on, you know, lying and misinformation. And I always want to give them a, a pass to a degree and say maybe it's just bad economic policy. Maybe they went to the wrong university. But I know some of that's true, but basically we, all, we also know and understand who's really pulling the strings, and it has a lot to do with the large corporations that get together and they participate in the cultural Marxism, enforces the laws that the government can't even defend. So they say, oh, we're not forcing you to take a, vac uh, take a vaccine, take a shot, but uh, they get their companies to put those rules in or they will be denied access to the financial markets or they will be punished. And so the one thing is, it, this is a, a terrible way to look at it, is what they're doing and all that money, the $17 trillion that's directed mainly for these social reasons. Uh, and one thing is, is that type of decision making is part of an extension of the malinvestment that occurs when the Fed lowers interest rates to zero and print a lot of money. There's a lot of malinvestment done. So this, when you make investments up to this huge amount of money based on their interpretation of what's best socially and what culture Marxism is all about, believe me, there's there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of malinvestment and debt that can't be controlled just with the Fed doing what it's doing. But the further there, this is already on its way, this uh, environmental stuff associated uh, with uh, the climate control. So that's going to continue. But my argument being that there will be a correction. And they have those companies. It's been shown that if you join that gang of people uh, that you will obey the government uh, in that $17 trillion dollars, uh, there's statistics that show that they're doing pretty well, you know, with their profits. But my suggestion and my perception is, is that when, it t when push comes to shove and the market acts, and eventually the market rules out, when the market acts, they will be one of the most vulnerable group of people because they made their decisions wrong because they have listened to the low interest rates. That signal from the Fed and all the easy credit. And also uh, because they join in in this uh, social manipulation and this uh, control uh, for the sake of uh, climate control. Very good, Dr. Paul. I will finish up uh, by saying even if climate change were a real problem, that they say it is. And again, judging by government's actions, they're the biggest polluters on the planet, so they must not really think it is what they say it is. Otherwise, their actions would be a lot different. But even if it was a huge problem, the last people on earth that you would ever want to try to fix it is the government. I mean, look what they just did with COVID, a virus. They had no business getting involved, but they jumped in and they not only didn't fix anything, there's still COVID, they added a whole mountain of other problems on top of it. So we have the original problem plus all these new problems uh, on top of it. So that's what government intervention really does. Uh, so again, if, if climate change is a problem, you'd wanna keep government as far away from it as possible because they would only make it worse. Now, with that being said, we do have reason for long-term optimism because all of this must fail. Uh, unfortunately, in the process, 
of them failing, they create enormous damage. They have already done so. If you look back at history of just the 1900s, that whole century, with all the schemes of socialism and fascism and communism, they all failed without exception. They're all gone. But look at the damage they created in trying to create what is uncreatable. So once again, humanity is going to have to rebuild the destruction in the future. We hope that that rebuilding process will be built on the ideas of liberty. Very, very good, Chris. You know, a company that has been brought to my attention uh, in the last year, but it's been around a long time, or a lot longer than last year, that, that is the company of BlackRock, and they're big, and they're more in the news recently. Uh, and Larry Fink runs this, and, but he, <clears throat> he's controlling this uh, $8.7 trillion. So it's big, and he works with the Fed. He cooperates with the Fed. If he, they, if he needs to buy and sell and regulate interest rates, he, he's there to, to help out. So he's, um, he's very much in, involved in that, and uh, he, he also just recently was in the news. So I read what I, I, I read. Anytime I see his name, I read it by BlackRock and uh, Larry Fink. And uh, last week or so, a week or two ago, gold took a pretty strong dip. And, of course, you can, on the surface, make a lot of arguments about, you know, all the reasons with all the printing of money and what's going on. Gold, you know, theoretically, somebody could make the case gold should be much higher. But gold is where it is because of all the interference that goes on. Governments are interested in the price of gold. They were interested in gold enough to keep it at $35 an ounce from 1933 all the way up to 1971. So they fixed the price of gold there. It was artificial. When it collapsed in 1971, it soared up to over $800. So it's, it's something that they can suppress, but eventually the market, uh, market rules. So I was just wondering, that, that, that week that that gold dropped, it said that Fink sold all, essentially all the gold that he was holding in his fund, which would be probably significant and would cause the price to, price to go down. But that doesn't mean that, uh, for me, I don't react uh, because I think gold is money and I think it's the ultimate money. But I think, uh, and just from my experience talking with the Federal Reserve Board Chairman, they're very interested in what uh, the ratio is, the gold price in, in dollars, because that is a reflection i think the most important number of the reflection of how they're doing in money and manipulating things they want to manipulate they want to spend they want to inflate they want to rig all this but if they can just keep that signal you know within reason so if tomorrow or the next day let's say gold doubled Boy, I'll tell you what, there would be some panic there. And then there we had, they'd have to come up with another idea of what to do or put taxes on gold or whatever. But uh, they, they do care about it. But ultimately, it's not going to hold uh, this whole big bubble that these people who want to take care of the world, the world climate, and I think that they can do that by rigging all these things, that's going to come to an end. And because it's fragile, it's artificial, and it isn't a reflection of the marketplace. The market is not perfect, but it's much, much better than a bunch of bureaucrats at the CDC telling us what should we should do or trying to regulate medical care. I mean, they're total failures at, at this. So this, uh, uh, th this is a reflection of what's going on today. So it's fragile, and there has to be a correction. 
I just can't understand why we can't do a better job in getting people to support the principles of freedom, private property ownership, volunteerism, property rights, civil liberties for everybody, no lying, cheating, or stealing. Get the government very, very small, honesty and money, and a different foreign policy where we don't have an empire we don't want to police the world we're not able to police the world we're not able to run the medical care system and there's so many things that can be done privately and as i said imperfectly but compared to authoritarian government if you want to know what happens there all we have to look at is all the examples of the 20th century i was hoping that most of that stuff would stop after we got to the 21st century but they've just shifted years. No, we haven't had World War III yet, or World War II or one. all the terrible things that happened in the last century, but there's still a lot of mischief going on, and there's a lot of distortion, rejection of the principles of personal liberty. And that is why we work so hard here at the Liberty Report to promote uh, the uh, report and to promote the principles of private property ownership and why we think that uh, if, if you're for liberty and peace and prosperity, you will support these principles and the principles of personal liberties and not collectivism. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.